1: Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning back in to the Renegade Millionaire Show. We are taping here in beautiful Southern California in L.A. at TuneIn Studios. And this is your host, Winnie Sun at Sun Group Wealth Partners, where you know I'm a financial advisor and managing director. I'm super excited to be speaking with you all today. And of course... You know you always have an open invitation If you have any questions pertaining to your own portfolio Or how to better uh, manage your investments All you need to do is reach out And you can find me at winniesun.com And that's Winnie spelled like Winnie the Pooh And with that what's going on with finances Well let's talk about something kind of fun Did you know that most executive chefs actually don't even cook I just found that out In fact, I'm writing a book I'm putting together a project I'm kind of excited about That I'll share with you today Um... About chefs and some of their financial tendencies So that's kind of a teaser So you'll be able to learn more about that as we follow, go through in time I haven't even started writing it yet But just know that it's coming But what I have done is I've, I've started on a whole chef series For my Forbes Contributorship pieces So please follow me there as well And, and those pieces will be posted at winnieSun.com. And with that, let's get started with the show Okay, okay, my chefy friends, you know, I am always here to share with you some people that you all want to meet. There are people that I want to meet. How many of you watch Top Chef Bravo Networks? I know I do and you know I only watch about, those of you who listen to this show, you know I only get to watch about one hour TV every month. But this is the show. I tell my husband you can cancel all the channels but you cannot cancel Bravo because I need to watch my Top Chef, my guilty pleasure. And I, and I think it's because I can't cook that well and that's probably why I love the show so much. But today, Chef... I am super excited to introduce you because I'm a huge fan of hers. Not only because of what she does on screen, but just because of who she is. Brooke Williamson, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for coming down. I, I want to thank you. I know you're so super busy and you made the time to come in our our beautiful little studio. So thank you. Absolutely. And especially because... So, Brooke, the thing that... I, I mean, I knew this from watching you on the show. So I know people tell you this all the time. But when you watch, when when someone watches someone like yourself on the show, we're like, oh, I already know you. Like when you walk in, <laughs> oh, hi, it's so great to
0: see you again. I thinking, get that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> people say and, hi to me on the street, and I, I kind of have to decide whether I'm going to pretend to know them or act like I don't. <laughs> I feel like I should know everyone at this point. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, how do you, you know, and that's something
1: maybe UTV TV channel is going to figure out how to, how to let people know who's watching them, right? That's social content there. But on that note, I think it was so interesting to watch you on Top Chef. And and you did such a remarkable job. You ended up being runner-up of season 10 in seattle Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. not the cheeriest place i believe because it's a little rainy but you did you did awesome i loved seattle i mean from
0: what i saw of it (laughs) (laughs) um yeah no i had a lot of fun i mean if you had asked me while i was doing it if i was if i was having fun i probably wouldn't have said yes but reflecting it was a beautiful place to be i got to go to alaska i got to do so many things so i can't complain everything was clean and crisping
1: it was pretty. gorgeous. It was
0: gorgeous. Yeah. It actually rained very little while I was there. It was, it was right. during the summer, so. Top Chef magic.
1: That's what <laughs> happens. Chefs come in, and the rain goes away. Well, that's awesome. Well, I guess, as a, as a fellow mommy, I have to ask you this, because from what I hear, Top Chef is kind of like a mini boot camp. You're not allowed to be around a lot of civilization,
0: right? Correct. I mean, you're kind of kept in your little group of people, or a large group of people, um... Yeah, there's not a whole lot of communication with the outside real world.
1: Which wouldn't be so difficult if you were single and introvert and didn't like people. But you were (laughs) kind of the opposite, right? I mean, you had some people that actually loved you back home, including
0: your son. Yeah, I mean, my husband and son, they were their own little family for a couple of months. Um, My son at the time was four and a half. Uh, my my husband was running both of our restaurants that were open at the time and, um, and being a single dad. So I don't think it was easy on anyone. Wow. And it must have crushed you not knowing how they were because you can't Ugh. talk to them every day. Yeah. Right? Or text I mean, them. honestly, if, if, when people say what was the hardest part about doing Top Chef and... I can honestly say it was leaving my family. I mean, my, my son wasn't really old enough to understand why I wasn't coming home. Um, and so it was it was really sad. And, and there, you know, I, I kind of cried at the drop of a hat, which isn't really me, but when people, you know, talk about how they feel like they know me, they feel like um, they know me as a really emotional person. <laughs> and I think, I, I mean, I am an emotional person, but I, I think that part of what people caught on, on camera from when I was filming was just sort of me... Um, not knowing how to survive without without my family. I mean, my, my husband is kind of always by my side. We work together. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't have a ton of help as a parent other than my husband raising our child. So, you know, not having that responsibility, it, it was, you know, it was, it was nice on some levels. Right. Uh, at the same time, it was really, really torturous. Right, right. And on top of it, you're also in the
1: in many respects, the toughest cooking competition on the planet because everybody is watching your every move.
0: yeah, I mean, in in some sense, that made it a little bit easier because i my mind was always occupied. Um, there was very little time to sort of sit and ponder what you know what was going on at home. I was sort of entrenched in what was going on around me at all times. Uh, so yeah, no, it was it was as stressful as it looks like on TV, if not more. Wow, that's
1: incredible. Well, you did such a great job. I remember thinking, wow, Brooke is so calm and collected, and you were just like that silent force. You were <laughs> always classy, always nice, thank but you. you were you were strong.
0: Well, thank you. Um, I definitely think that that's one of, one of my stronger traits is being able to keep my composure and keep my calm. That's kind of just how I am in life. Um, you know, I don't really see the sense in, in overwhelming my mind with things that I have no control over. So, uh, it, it, that's not to say it doesn't completely tear me up inside and, and stress me out. And, um, that, that, I just have an ability to um, reflect that in a way that seems really calm.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think that's good because it's like a mental strength that we as parents can then share with our children. Because there's a lot of challenges. And to run two restaurants, now three restaurants, mm-hmm. is not for just anybody off the street I mean,
0: no and I think that a lot of my personality actually comes from my experience in the kitchen I've been cooking a very long time I started mm-hmm. cooking professionally at 17 years old um, which is almost 20 years and <laughs> uh, and I think that um, you know that's a very important uh, ability to have in a kitchen uh, is being able to keep your composure and keep your calm and I think that that's helped me a lot in life a lot as a parent a lot in competitive situations. I think it's a great trait for, for a parent. It
1: is, because our children feed off our energy, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to talk about that. So you started cooking professionally when you were just 17 years old. And I read in your bio that you kind of always knew that you wanted to cook.
0: Oh, absolutely, since I was 6 years old or so. When since, you cook when you were 6 years I old. I mean, what a 6-year-old can cook. I mean, I made, I made pancakes and... Um, Experimented a lot, and a lot of things didn't work out. <laughs> but uh, it was something that I always, always knew I wanted to do um, professionally. I, I couldn't see myself as as anything other than a chef, or you know, someone who had a restaurant as as an adult. Uh, there was a phase that I went through where I wanted to be the first female baseball player because I didn't think it was fair that women had to play softball. <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't pan out, and so I stuck with my original, my original thought. That's
1: pretty cool. Because well, let me ask you this: So, what did Mom and Dad think when you said,
0: "You know, I want to cook"? Well, I mean, like everything else in my life, I I went through phases as a kid, and uh, you know, they they. Found my education very important, um, so I went to college for a year to satisfy their need for me to continue my education, and I came back after one year, and I kept saying, "I just want to work, I just want to cook, I just." And so I finally, I, I ended up working in a in a kitchen, um, in Hollywood, and it was the first time my parents had ever seen me do something. 100% and not want to call in sick or not be tired after a 16-hour day. And they realized how passionate I really was. And, and they said, you know what? You're an adult. You do what you want to do, and we'll save our money on your college education. <laughs>
1: Good for them. So, so that at that point, they supported They were you.
0: very supportive. Very supportive parents. I've been very fortunate to have parents like that.
1: Yeah, especially in the culinary world because it's not— it's not easy to see your daughter work that hard in the kitchen, right? Yeah,
0: and I was I was generally, at that age, the only female in the kitchen other than in the pastry department. It was kind of more so divided at that point than it is now.
1: So can we talk about that a little bit? I know, obviously, there's a lot of challenges in, in the chef world from some of the statistics I've read. It's
0: mostly men that run kitchens. I mean, I don't really know what the statistics are anymore. Mm-hmm. Um I know that when I first started, it was it was not common to have, you know, a 17-year-old girl work, working a grill station. Um, I spent a lot of time in kitchens where I was the only female. I, I feel like that's changed a little bit at this point, And perhaps I just kind of don't pay attention as much as I once, once did. Um, you know, I see myself as, as a chef and someone who loves food, and I appreciate all of those around me who, who do the same. And I kind of don't look at gender as much as I once did.
1: Good. Good. Well, I see that you attended cooking school at fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a local school in Los Angeles.
0: Good. Yeah. Well,
1: was so young. It's <laughs> incredible. You're like the the child prodigy of the cooking
0: world. It's incredible. <laughs> I that far. There are a lot of very young people these days who are doing much more incredible things than I was at the age of fifteen. I don't know. You were also the youngest female chef. Ever to cook for the Jane
1: at the James Beard house? Yes. How was that like? And what did you cook? Oh,
0: I cooked. I mean, it was a kind of standard five course meal for about 120 people. And it was, (laughs) uh, yeah, I think I was 20, just turned 22 at the time. I was a chef at a place called Zax in Brentwood. And, um, was invited to cook at the house and I was like, Oh, cool. Awesome. Let's go to New York. Let's pack up a bunch of stuff. And, you know, I just kind of pulled off a dinner the best that I could. And I think I did it pretty well. I don't, I don't really remember. (laughs) I kind of, I didn't realize what an honor it was at the time. Um, reflecting on that, I, I I do realize how huge that is. And I feel like people introduce me as that person a Uh lot. And, and, uh, you know, it, it, definitely holds a big weight in in things that I'm proud of in my life. Yeah you should be I I am so impressed not only that the thing that I thought was really
1: interesting um, as somebody who loves to watch Top Chef was you know what I admired about you was that you weren't just a chef who cooked at a restaurant who then gave up I don't know two or three months of your time mm-hmm. to go and cook and compete on Top Chef, but we're talking about someone who owned two restaurants and had a toddler. Yeah. On top of that, so it's not like you just said, "Okay, boss, I'm leaving for a few months. See you later. I'll come back." Right. right. But you actually were
0: running a business. It was a decision that I definitely did not take lightly. Um, I, they called me for. Three or four years straight before I finally said, "You know what? This is the last time they're going to call me, and I really need to make Better a decision." I say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have to say yes at this point, unless unless I'm never going to say yes. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it, the first time they called, I just had a baby. Second time they called, I just opened the triple. Um, or no, sorry, Hudson House. Uh, my my husband and my restaurant, which is still open. Um, and then the third time they called, I just opened the triple. So it was kind of I. Kept I kept having babies, <laughs> and uh, it was it was not as easy to detach as as one would think. And a lot of people who do the show, I think, have kind of nothing to lose. And um, I just kind of had, kinda had I had a lot to lose, and uh, was terrified of what I might look like in in a competition scenario with a bunch of really young chefs who were on the line every night. And I, really I wasn't anymore. <laughs> In life, maybe not so much. <laughs> and um, you know, I had a I had a child. My husband and I would take turns going home to put him to bed, so I wasn't in the trenches of working on the line every night anymore. And I was I was very nervous about about that.
1: Mm. Oh, that's interesting. That's true because that's what I did read. I mean, it's interesting that when you're an executive chef you actually do less cooking than than you normally have. and
0: when you have multiple restaurants i mean it's mm-hmm. if if you're concerned if you're the type of chef who's concerned about how they're running all the time you have to be available to go check on one place or the other at any given moment so i can't depend on myself to to work a station every night um, right that makes sense it's just not it's not good business sense i, I
1: i've heard and i'm sure you've heard too that Thomas Keller has cameras and TVs in mm-hmm. all those different restaurants. Mm-hmm. You might get to that point.
0: We have cameras <laughs> in every room in every restaurant.
1: Yeah, it's almost a necessity, right?
0: It is. It is. And, you know, just even even so that everyone knows that you're always possibly watching at any given moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's good. You have a smart restaurant. <laughs> it's smart automation. That's really cool. Well, let's talk about that. I'm just curious. So, how, like, so when Hudson was born, mm-hmm. right, um, you Obviously, in the restaurant business, you're, you're running some pretty long hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many hours do you work outside the home right
0: now? I don't really know. I don't count them. Um, <laughs> it, you know, the restaurants are my second home. So, I, I don't know. I'm at home long enough to get a, sometimes a decent night's sleep, and then I'm not. <laughs> uh, I drive my son to school and pick him up from school, but otherwise I'm at, at work. Uh You know, my husband and I try to go out to dinner once in a while. Um, Sometimes we play hooky in the middle of the day and go go see a movie if things are calm. I I do travel a lot more so than I ever have um, around the country, which has been a lot of fun uh, getting to see and meet other great and um, incredible people and learn from them. Um, so yeah, I mean I don't count really how many hours I'm at the restaurants. If I'm available and if we, you know, I pick my son up from school, I go back to the restaurant and that's where he has dinner. That's his dinner at awesome. home. Is he? We don't cook dinner at home more than once a week really. We kind of, we go to the restaurants and we cook dinner at the restaurant and we sit down at a table and have have dinner. So, you know, they, they feel like home. Today he actually had a sick day from school and uh, you know, that's not, re- laying in bed at home is not an option really for him. So he has to go to work and get in a sleeping bag and lay in the office, which he's totally fine with. So.
1: Yeah, but at least he's with daddy right now. Yes. Right? yes. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about kids. I was talking about another guest about this. Like, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it was. I just talked to Brian Dickinson, who you know climbed Mount Everest, and he's like, "Yeah, the kids love to climb." I'm like, Brian, you know, you realize, right? If you were sitting in front of the TV and you like to watch TV, the kids would be happy
0: just sitting with you watching TV. The kids just want to be near you.
1: Right. They could care less what you you do.
0: Yeah, and he loves to be involved. He, right. he really love uh, the whole. The staff is his second family as well. So mm-hmm. you know, they all treat him. Like one of their own, and you know he'll he'll stand behind the counter and give out samples of ice cream, and
1: Aww. so
0: he treats the restaurants like they're his own because eventually, I suppose they will be. <laughs> well, not only
1: that, I mean you have pretty cool restaurants. I read that. I mean you have like pretty like significant ice
0: cream theme going on there. We do. We have an incredible pastry chef. Um, her name is Kristen, and she's she's sort of transformed the pastry area of Playa Provisions into this magical wonderland full of spring. It's it's really beautiful, uh, and you know we do full pastry. We do uh, we have a whole cafe with prepared salads and juices and coffee, and wow. we have a whiskey bar, uh, which is one of my favorite places. And then we have. Uh, seafood restaurant and then the other two restaurants the triple and Hudson house are a little bit less formal and they're more gastro puppy So which represents mostly which one represents you the most? Oh, that's that's an impossible question to answer They Those all are different children. Uh, yeah, I mean they they all together represent my husband and I they you know They they are all pieces of our brains that that have I feel like come together really well in You know as a, as a whole so as you paint this restaurant picture for me,
1: the next restaurant, what is it going to look like? What's the next, or next, doesn't have to be a restaurant? What's your next project going to look like?
0: Well, actually, in the next couple of weeks, we're opening a retail store, which I'm is completely foreign to me. Uh, the retail aspect, I, have you know, stepping out of a kitchen and and selling stuff is definitely not something that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. But this store has has. Is starting to come together. We've been ordering inventory for it, and it's mostly—I'd um, say it's about half cookbooks and then half cool artisan products from around the country um, that that we've sourced in and had a lot of fun doing. And it's a store that literally I walk into as we're stocking it every day. And I and I say, I want one of those. I want one of those. I want one of everything in the store. And my husband's like, we need to make money at some point. <laughs> we have to sell this stuff. We can't take it all home. So give me an example
1: um, of, okay, so so you walk in with me, okay, mm-hmm. we have our shopping basket. So what would you say, Winnie, you need to get, tell me some of the things that, that we should definitely get,
0: well, we have you know we have a lot of great books um, from we have a lot of friends who are chefs who have some really incredible books, and uh, we'll have some book signings from from all those oh, people. How fun. And so I'm hoping to do at least one or two book signings a month. And uh, then we have, you know, gin making kits and bitters making kits, and then we have baking stuff oh, and aprons and utensils and really cool, cute stemware and um, you know, the salts and jams and caramels and uh, so it's it's we're kind of across the board a cul- culinary one stop shop. and it's like a hip williams Sonoma. Yeah, with much smaller production stuff. And uh, my husband actually makes some makes cutting boards. He does a lot of woodwork, so he's selling oh, wow. his cutting boards in there. Uh, and it's behind the triple, so you have to actually walk through the restaurant to get to the store. So, so where is the address? Can you give that to us? 333 Culver Boulevard in Playa del Rey. Wow. And the, the the front of it is the triple, which is one of our gastropubs, all craft beer and wine. Uh, and then you walk through the back door, and it's called Triplicate is the name of the store. Very cool. And that's open now or
1: not yet? Uh, June 8th will be open. Oh, wow. So Susie, we have put that on a list. We're going to go visit for sure. That sounds amazing. Wow. Shopping and eating. Woohoo. Two things we like to do. (laughs) Amazing. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about a little bit more. So I'm just so interested. So talk about, can you tell us really about your chef life? So some of the things that you maybe were surprised about um, being a chef and maybe some surprises that you encountered on the show itself.
0: I mean, everything on the show was a surprise. Really? They do a really, really good job of of not informing you of anything that's coming next. So you um, really don't know when those things, they go quick fire. It's really quick fire. Really quick fire. I mean, it's all, the, that clock is real. Um, you know, there aren't takes of what you're doing. You have one chance to do it, and if you screw up, that's that's how it rolls. Uh, the You know, I mean, there was... a scene if you watched my season in, the, in Alaska where I had to get on a helicopter. Mm-hmm. You I'm, were scared. Ugh, I am terrified of heights. And I think the entire journey I kept saying, they're going to make me do something I'm, I'm really terrified of. And I, I kept feeling like they were going to tailor some challenge to me. And honestly, they don't. It just, that's, I happened to get that far. And that was the challenge that was next. And I had to take a helicopter to, to the glacier for the challenge. And honestly, it. it I had absolutely no idea it was coming. We pull up uh, pull up onto that helipad and you can see on the show you can see the panic wash over my face mm-hmm. and the tears start stra- streaming down my face. I I mean, I you had no idea so it was coming
1: until that point. And too. yeah,
0: I mean, there are things that absolutely terrify me. And but for me saying I won't do something that was never an option for me. Part of part of doing the show was was to challenge myself in in absolutely more ways than just a culinary sense. Um, and I feel like I grew so much as a person by doing it and by sort of letting go and not having control. I'm a total control freak. So surprises aren't an exciting thing for me I really like to have my life mapped out and planned out and you know I'm the kind of person that that makes my son's dinner or makes my son's lunch for school the night before because I want to make sure that my morning is scheduled enough to have things run smoothly as smoothly as they possibly can go Um, so so hold on let me ask mm -hmm. you this only because as a fellow mommy what's in your son's Lunch box or snack
1: pack. It needs to be different every day. <laughs> okay, 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 let's talk about that. So today is what day? Today is Wednesday. Monday, what did you pack for him? Did he um, go to school on Monday?
0: He went to school on Monday. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I think he had a prosciutto sandwich. Uh, we get pretzel rolls at the restaurant, and he loves them. So a prosciutto sandwich on a pretzel roll. I like to put some fruit in there. might have been a banana. Um, he's definitely a California kid and had a package of seaweed somewhere in there. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of loving this. I don't, I don't know. It's different. Every, it's different every day. I can't. I can't fathom the thought of him eating the same lunch every day. Because <laughs> you know, if I were the teacher, I'm like, okay, honey. So I know Hudson, Your mommy's top chef, and make sure I want to see what you're bringing. <laughs> well, <laughs> if he cool could eat day. cucumbers and soy sauce every moment of his life, that's what he would eat. Really? Yeah. He would cu- cucumbers and soy sauce. I mean, he loves teriyaki salmon. Um, yeah, he's he's an adventurous kid in terms of food that. That kids eat, um, but he doesn't like anything mixed together. He likes everything yeah, separated. Like separated. It's, it's irritating. Categories. No
1: scallions. No scallions. No scallions. So if he could, if he, if he, we were to ask him what mommy cooks best, what would he say?
0: Mm, that's a good question. I don't know. I cook different stuff all the time. I cook a lot of Asian food at home. I, I feel like um, it's just a really great, simple, clean way to eat, um, and every type of asian food really i i love so uh, i think he got that for me i ate a lot of asian food when i was pregnant so <laughs> he got the soy sauce gene <laughs> i
1: love it i love it well let's talk about so what did you okay so i want to go back to top chef now so so we can kind of talk about so what is something that you learned from top
0: chef that will always stick with you hmm. top chef really taught me how to control my thoughts uh and and sort of guide them in a, in a direction and stick with it uh, to not second-guess myself because there's no time for that in competition mode. Um, so now when I'm developing a menu, I kind of go with my first instinct. When I'm d- developing a dish for an event or, you know, I've done a lot of challenge stuff since then, and I really, honestly, I, I pick a direction and I commit, and it doesn't always work out, but that's life. So yeah. I think I just, it, it taught me to not second guess myself so much. You're like Chef Yoda, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like really. My husband would disagree. <laughs>
1: really? I kind of love the, uh, the, the, uh, the mental strength of Brooke Williamson right now. I'm feeling the, the power of the woman right now. Really? The female chef. I love yeah. that. I think this is, I think your next book should be like Brooke Williamson. Chef Yoda, <laughs> Thank you. I mean, that's that's demanding a lot. <laughs> okay, well let's let's go to the fun part then. Okay, so let's talk about. Do you have any of the any of the dishes from the show that are served at your restaurant?
0: Uh, There was actually a dish that I made in the finale um, that I put on the menu just before the finale and then I made it in the finale and that's been on the menu ever since. It's the pig ear salad. And it's like a chicory salad um, with an apricot vinaigrette, like a dried apricot vinaigrette. And um, a poached egg, and then crispy pig ears over the top. Uh, it How was yummy. It was not my best dish in the finale. Um, there was there was some critique about my crispy pig ears, but <laughs> uh, but it's actually a dish that does really well at the restaurant. And I refuse to take it off because if I'm getting people to try pig ears at their own will, then you know I, I'm real dope. happy about that. That's, that's, that's pretty cool.
1: And not only that, you know, you come to a restaurant, you want to taste something from the competition. It makes it
0: fun. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think I probably made a lot of stuff during the competition that I have on the, on the menus at the restaurant. So it's just, you know, I, I put stuff on the menu that is the style of food that I make, and I think that that comes off pretty clearly.
1: Yeah, you you stay consistent basically to mm-hmm. your style. That's really cool. So, let's talk about that. So, what's your favorite ingredient to cook with?
0: Oh, that's a that's a really tough. That's a question that I'm asked all the time. I'm sure cuz you're a chef. And it's really tough. It's like um, people ask me what my favorite stock is. I mean, you just have to know. <laughs> but I don't have an answer. Right? I don't have, I would never have an answer for that. Uh, <sighs> favorite ingredient. Um I don't, I don't have one. I don't, I don't, I mean, I love, I mean, I, I might actually say fish sauce. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, which is funny because I, I cook a lot of Asian food at home. Uh I cook very little Asian food at the restaurants because my, my restaurants sort of are all encompassing American sort of produce heavy, um, simple food. But I feel like fish sauce is one of those beautiful salty ingredients that enhances anything and it doesn't need to be Asian inspired.
1: Interesting. Do you
0: make your own fish sauce? I don't. That's a really great project idea. Well, I think you could kick butt in that. Project. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'll get right
1: on that. Yeah, <laughs> I think Hudson will enjoy that trip. That, that, tri- that totally. Oh, but,
0: I mean, he would. He did would. Do you cook? Uh, or do you cook with him? We cook together. Absolutely. I mean, he'll he'll we, every Sunday morning we have a tradition. We make crepes every Sunday morning together. That's sort of his, he wakes up on Sunday mornings and he says, it's a great day, regardless of how I feel or whether or not I want to get out of bed at that moment. Uh, and then, yeah, I, he came home one day and said he wanted to make dumplings. So We made dumplings. Uh, he cooks a lot at the restaurant. He, he'll, like, my peel ears shrimp. Right <laughs> <laughs> he'll peel shrimp at the restaurant. He'll peel, peel carrots. He loves sort of doing remedial tasks at the restaurant because he okay, makes Mom, him feel included no not it's remedial. <laughs> well but 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 they but i do too i love impressive. i love doing those things too and and i think it's just um you know maybe he got that for me but it's you know f- he likes to feel included very cool and so you're gonna do fish sauce right sure i'm we're having Uh, it on record
1: you and hudson gonna make some fish ask
0: me in a month where i'm at with that and um hopefully i'll be
1: somewhere with it i'm gonna come down and taste this (laughs) brooke williamson's fish sauce my son my son this weekend we were like you know we grow a whole bunch of stuff in my backyard i told you i had little ones three under the age of six so you're always thinking of different things to do and we we'd grow all the stuff you know organic produce Mm -hmm. and mom's not big Mom cooks, I cook as much as I can, but definitely not chef, Not even close. But we grew, like, green onions like crazy. So I said, you know, there's got to be something you can do with these green onions. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, what about, like, green onion infused oil? I thought, that seems simple enough for us to do. <laughs> so I think that's what I'm going to try and do sometime this month. Yeah. Yeah. I'll to let you know how that
0: goes. No, I mean, preserving things is a great way to go, too. I mean, oh, yeah. salt is a great tool in in making things last so green onion chips or fermenting Oh, i mean green onion green onion chips i'm sure they would be tasty that that's a lot of work yeah. do you have a dehydrator i do okay
1: oh no i wouldn't even try that but, but that, i'm sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm not that adventurous so.
1: i can make waffles but that's about it Waffles <laughs> are hard to do well <laughs> no it just hasn't well for me um my kids aren't too difficult to please so <laughs> uh, I love it. I make mochi waffles. That's my favorite. Oh, signature. yum.
0: Yeah, because yeah, they're nice. Rice flour that's sort of chewy. Yeah, yum. and
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yum Yum. I love it. So let's talk about this. So, you know, I love my husband to pieces, but I can't imagine working with him all day long. <laughs> and
0: you work in the restaurant with hubby. How is that like? It depends on the day. It's not always easy. Um, you know, we actually spend much less time together than we ever have because one, I'm when I travel a lot, um, two, we have multiple restaurants. So there are mm-hmm. so many different places to be at once. And, you know, sometimes our paths cross, sometimes we'll take one car for the day and go everywhere together, but not often. So we're, we're often in different places at, at once. So at different places at different times, if that makes sense. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's why why we actually have to go out of our way to plan a date night sometimes, just mm-hmm. so that we can sort of take a moment and step back from the restaurant. So I mean, we text and call each other all day long. But, yeah, I mean, we're not ever really in the kitchen cooking together unless it's for a specific event.
1: Oh, I see. So does your your husband still cook on the line or not really?
0: Once in a while. I mean, when we change the menu, we definitely spend a couple of days in the kitchen making sure that all the dishes are done how we would expect them to be and that everybody's trained properly uh, and knows how to make those dishes. And when we change the menu, we do it together and we make sure that neither of us is left out of a menu change or disapproves of an item going on the menu, which happens. I mean, it's definitely, you know, we... Work collaboration is not always easy, but neither is life collaboration, yeah. neither is parenting. So, exactly. I feel like there are a lot of challenges, and we just it's the only capacity that we've ever known each other in. We've never known each other as individuals outside of work. So, uh, you met in the kitchen, we met in the kitchen. Yes, okay.
1: So, who's the better
0: chef? <laughs> are you trying to start something right now? Oh, <laughs> uh, we. Compliment each other in many ways. Okay, well, Brooke, you were on the show and we honey have different wasn't on strengths. <laughs> he is not a TV person. He does not like cameras in his face no. and does not like explaining what he's doing while he's doing it, which is a huge part of TV. And I think that a lot of people don't understand that you can be an incredibly brilliant chef yes. and, and not do well in these competition scenarios. You know, the, most people. Most chefs in their own kitchens don't cook against a clock, and they don't have to come up with a dish and not be able to experiment with it before they they come out with a perfect plate of food. So, you know, it definitely takes a certain type of person to be able to to cook under that type of pressure.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think a lot of people don't realize how difficult it is to be in front of the camera mm-hmm. um, because you're on every single moment and people looking at every single detail. The first time I was on CNBC, it, it certainly spooked me. and gave, I mean, I, I used to be, I used to own a television audience production company before I went into wealth management. But I never had the, the true appreciation for those of you who are in front of the camera like you did because it's so much work and so much energy. By the time the camera turns off, you're physically exhausted. exhausted. As yeah. if you had run a relay that day,
0: right? Yeah, I feel like I get much more easily mentally exhausted than I do right. physically exhausted. I mm-hmm. kind of feel a lot younger <laughs> physically than I do mentally. Uh, I, I just, you know, being able to to voice what you're thinking and and what you're doing and doing it at the same time. It's really, it's it's difficult, and it's, it's difficult. something that that I feel like I've had a lot of practice doing, so perhaps I do it better now than I ever have, but it, I mean, it was never something that came easily to me.
1: Well, that's really impressive. Now, I'm going to switch a little bit to the business sense because, you know, those who are, who are my clients and some of you who have listened to the show know, sometimes i'll say you know i think that as business owners you have a responsibility to not only your staff and your team your existing clients or in your case patrons to be known um i always say it doesn't matter if you're the best chef in the world or in my case the best financial advisor let's say say hypothetically in the world but if nobody knows that you exist you essentially don't exist so you have a responsibility to be out in the public, telling your story, so people can actually get to your restaurant and taste your creations.
0: Sure, right? yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I always say I'm I'm a I'm a chef at heart. Uh, I love the kitchen. I love food. I love the restaurant business, and that's kind of where my heart lies. Um, the extra stuff that I do, the the TV stuff, the radio stuff, the competition stuff, the everything that I do, I feel like is to is to um, what am I trying to say? Everything that I do outside of the restaurant is to help ensure that that what I do within the restaurants is stronger, and um, that there's less of a chance of of failing at what I really love to do exactly it's a responsibility
1: to your team right yeah
0: and you know it it's fun too I Mm -hmm. have a lot of fun doing doing tv and I have a lot of fun getting out there and it's given me an opportunity to learn so much over the last couple of years Um, but if I could honestly if I could sit in the kitchen all day and create that's what I would do but I but I can't I can't make that something that that exists without doing all the rest. Yeah, the business side of it is just as important. Absolutely. So
1: good. Well, with that, I think I want to just hear if, to, uh, let, let's
0: talk about real quick just your next projects. Do we have a book? What do we got going on? Oh, uh, the book question. Um, the book <laughs> question comes up every time I talk. Uh, I do not have a book in the works as of yet. Uh, I'm really trying to find the right. Um, the right story to tell and I don't want to write a book just to write a book just to be a chef that has a book because I feel like there are enough chefs who have books um, but I, I, I want to do something that's really special and that's important and that I can be proud of for the rest of my life so I'm really waiting for the right um, the right scenario and and the right topic and I haven't quite figured that out yet. I love to see you do a, a book about
1: cooking and teaching food with your child?
0: Yeah, I've thought about that. I mean, that's definitely something that that is a huge part of my life. So, you know, I think that there's a a bigger story to tell than, you know, maybe the menu at one of my restaurants. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that that would definitely be incorporated because that's part of who I am.
1: Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. So I guess I would. I guess my question on that. I mean, we've talked so much about Hudson. So, I mean, what do you hope to teach Hudson about working and and finances and, and owning a business?
0: Um, well, I mean, I think that he's being taught um, a, a really good life lesson in the sense that that when you decide that you're going to throw your life into something, that it's not always easy and. It, it sometimes miss, means that you have to miss things that are important to you on other levels, um, that that there are choices that you have to make um, that aren't always easy, and that if you work really hard, that, that pretty much anything is possible. So, you know, I think that that he is very understanding that when he is home from school sick, he can't lay in bed all day. He needs to, you know, do what we need to do because that's part of life and that's how we live the lifestyle we live. And, and if, if he expects to do that, then, you know, there, there's a lot that goes with that. So I, you know, I, th- I think we've done a pretty good job at, at, at that. I think that he understands that you, you, when you work hard, you can play hard sometimes. Um, but, but that it's not always easy. And that's probably one of the best things a child can learn is just
1: seeing by example hard work and that you you don't have to be afraid of hard work because with hard work, like uh, like when I first worked at Smith Barney, um, I h- hired there. They told me something which completely is true. They said, "Winnie, if you work like most people don't for the first three years of your financial life here with us, you'll live like most people don't for the rest of your life." Right. And he, they were absolutely right. And so I'm grateful for that. Absolutely, yeah. and
0: I and I also think a big part of that is is doing something that you really love, love. because I think mm-hmm. that sometimes when when you do what you love and you're really passionate about something it doesn't feel like work so i feel like i can throw my entire life into restaurants because i'm really passionate about it and i you know like i don't count how many hours i'm i'm at work because that's that's just my life and i'm totally fine with that because i'm happy doing what i'm what i'm doing and if if my son doesn't want to do that i just hope that he finds something that he feels that passionate about in life and that you know, that it's easy for him. Because I feel like my life is pretty easy and yes, I juggle a lot and there are constantly things that I am forgetting to do or that, you know, I'm missing out on. But I feel like the the other side of that is just doing something that I love. So Yeah, it's easy because I,
1: I think about this way. If you think about it, you are lucky in your life in that you are in a per- profession that's perfectly aligned to your personality. Mm-hmm. And so many people struggle with that and don't ever find that throughout their lives. Mm-hmm. So that that fortune and also hard work and dedication and, and true talent is created magic for you. In this Thank case, <laughs> in this case, Chef Yoda. So, so far, so good. <laughs> We've definitely had our, our hardships. but <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to ask you one last question because I, I know I'm sure you got to run. But so favorite ice cream flavor oh at your at your location oh at
0: my restaurant of um, course. hmm I'm gonna have to go with chocolate malted crunch one that because so it's good. it's really good but two because it has a huge nostalgic placement for me um, as a kid I used to go to thrifty Jun- me too. thrifty junior yes. and get um, one of those sort of square scoops of chocolate malted crunch on a shirt so, oh my God so good. And and I, I think that nostalgia is, uh, mixed with a really gr- well-done and beautifully made ice cream, <laughs> uh, that would be my favorite flavor. Can
1: you buy a tub of it at your restaurant?
0: No, we're working on that. You actually have to have a specific type of kitchen to be able to sell tubs, but really? you can come in and get some to go.
1: Can, can I ask for a top <laughs> chef?
0: My I'll, friend, person, I'll hand, favor. personally
1: hand deliver some for you. Oh, because my kids would just pass out if I took that home. <laughs> <laughs> He's so happy. Well, with that, thank you so much, Brooke, for being on our show. Brooke thank Williamson, you. absolutely what a treat you are even sweeter in person than on tv and you are really darn sweet on tv
0: thank you you're not so bad yourself
1: (laughs) thank you so much and with that this is winnie sun thanks for tuning in to the renegade millionaire show always so grateful that you tune in and listen to us i don't even know why you do but i love it that you do and um with that you know you can always follow me and i'll tell you later but let's find out how we follow
0: brooke how do we follow you Ooh! In what sense? Um, so social media. Social media. I'm at Chef Brook W. Pretty much on everything. So oh, okay, um, cool. Brook Williamson on Facebook, but otherwise it's at Chef Brook W on Facebook. Or sorry, on Instagram and Twitter.
1: Great. So absolutely, got you've got to follow her. You know her Instagram photos must be off the charts, so um, I'm certainly going to do so. And if you're and if you in the area, let me know, and I'll meet you there for some ice cream. Sounds like so much fun. So this is Winnie Sun. You can find me at winniesun.com. And on Twitter, you know I'm super social
0: there, at Sun Group WP. So until next time, talk to you later. Hey, this is Brooke Williamson, and you're listening to the Renegade Millionaire Show with Winnie Sun. Hey, this is Brooke Williamson on Renegade Millionaire with Winnie Sun. This is Brooke Williamson, and I'm talking to Winnie Sun on the Renegade Millionaire Show.